Hello! Welcome to the Push to Shout podcast. This is episode 16. I'm Skippy Sigmatic. I'm Brew Talking Powder. And uh, today we have some interesting things to talk about. We've got Bethesda news uh, related to E3. Uh, we've got some uh, League of Legends tournament drama. Uh, just really good stuff. Uh, we're going to start it as usual with our weeks. And uh, I'm going to let Mike take this one away for now. Okay, so I started playing Bayonetta on the Wii U, and oh my god, I wish I'd played that sooner. It's so good. It's incredible. It's so good. Yeah, um, I'm kind of ashamed that it it was this long before I played it. Um, LT Walker 108 in the chat lent it to me, so big shout out to LT Walker 108. I want you to all DDoS his channel. I want you to ruin it. Um, Big thanks to him. It really, it is really good. Like the combat is impressively deep, and I'm just really excited to get all the different like new techniques. I basically saved my money just to get the new move that I can use, and it has a really interesting system of uh, unlocking those moves. Like you don't just pick what the abilities are; you get to try before you buy. Like there's an option to try, and it puts you in like a little sandbox where you get to try out whatever move you're about to get, so that you can yeah. know if it's something you really want. It's such an, like an obvious that, thing. I yeah, what it was. It's such a simple feature, but it's so good. It really helps. So that's cool. I'm really liking Bayonetta, and the music is awesome. Like the the little rendition they have of "Fly Me to the Moon" and some song that I oh did they even... do that. Yeah, it's like this, um, I don't even know what it is, like J-pop or piano version of Fly Me to the Moon, but it's just so good, and uh, it's Kamiya completely, like they're, like the cutscenes are all just ridiculous, just, um, there's one scene that happens just on a road, and you're facing off with this other chick named Jean, and you're right up in each other's faces, and, you know, the heel, the high heel gun boots up the faces, <laughs> and then a truck just careens between them. It's it's pretty good, so... Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's, it is good. Um, I did just remember, actually, I think it, it I, this is the one good thing that free-to-play games might have uh, given the game industry, which is try before you buy. I think, like, uh, God, I can't remember which exactly game it is, though. Maybe I'll remember by the end of the podcast, but there are at least there's at least one free to play game where uh, you you can try out your weapon for like oh it was a uh, plant side two you can try out your weapon before you buy it so it'll give you like here you can try this weapon for like an hour or something like that um, and then decide if you want to spend money on it or or even in game currency so good for free to play games thank you free to play games yeah I kind of like that um, compared to. I mean, it, they're, they are kind of different because in free-to-play, you're, like, trying something that you could actually buy, but in Bayonetta, it's just, like, a nice little feature in a single-player game. But, yeah, you should, like, any game with an unlockable system where you can choose which upgrades to pick, they should let you see what it's like to use whatever you're about to unlock. It's it's so, it's such a nice touch. But that's just one thing of so many, and it runs perfectly smoothly. It's just a really cool game. Everybody who can play it should if you have a console that it's out for, which is, what, PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii U now, so... Oh, yeah. wait, it's on the it's on the 360 and PS3? Yeah, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 1. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> yeah, gotten to I've 2 yet. Two. I'm, I'm still kind of early in uh, in the first one, but... I've heard 2 yeah, is even like better, it. so... That's, that's what I've heard, to too. To. I, I am looking forward to it. Um, I guess the only bad thing I could say about it is it's got these quick-time events. I remember fighting this boss... 
It was a quick time event at the very end of the fight, and it happened so quickly, and I wasn't expecting it that I just I failed it, and then that was the end. So I had to use a continue, even though I was decimating the boss up to that point. But that was the only moment of not enjoying it I've had. Besides Bayo, I've been playing some more Project M. I've been getting better. There's not much new to say there. That's just something that's occupied my week. Um, I saw Better Call Saul, the first episode of Better okay. Call Saul. I want to hear about that. Bad. Yeah, I, I'm, I definitely don't want to spoil stuff because there are some some really good moments in it. But it's they've done a really good job of um, of making it its own thing. Like e- even though it has shots of a lot of the similar locations, it's still in Albuquerque. It still um, has that kind of colorful saturated look to it but for the most part just the way things are shot feels like different enough from breaking bad it's definitely not in breaking bad shadow at all it feels like its own standalone thing and the the thing i'm most optimistic about is how interesting um the saul goodman character was and how well bob odenkirk played him as like a leading man like there's a nice little moment toward the beginning where uh he's he's in the bathroom when he's supposed to be speaking to the jury, like he asked to be excused to the bathroom and he's, he's kind of nervous. Like he's, he's facing the wall and he's practicing what he's going to say and trying some different things out. And he looks a little like, uh, he looks like he's sweating a bit, but when he gets called back in, he puts on charisma mode. It's a, I didn't know that I'd be that interested in that character. Hmm. And there are some, some nifty little cameos. It's, it's a good, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, looking what, forward to see where that'll go. What is the tone like? Because I know pretty much nothing about it. I, I but he was kind of, I mean, maybe towards the end a little less so. But he was kind of comedic relief in the in, in Breaking Bad. So is it is it a little more comedy oriented? I'd say it's a little more comic than Breaking Bad, but not like excessively so. It's not a comedy by any means. Yeah. Um, like I guess the tone is is about what some of the funnier moments of Breaking Bad were like, and that they weren't ever, like, outright, let's just make you laugh for a long time now. They were, you know, it was tasteful. The comedy was done tastefully, and I'd say it's still probably a drama first. It's yeah. good. Um, that That's going to be one to watch for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there's that, that's about as far as media goes. Um, the only other notable thing that happened this week is I saw a dead guy in the road. That was fun. Great. I, I saw this written down, and I was like, is this what I think it is? Just a dead guy? Yeah. It's kind of stopping up traffic uh, while I was driving. Yeah. That was Great. strange. But it was worth mentioning. <laughs> you can't not mention that. Yeah, that's a uh, major life event, I guess. <laughs> Seeing I mean, a dead guy in the road. I saw I saw a motorcycle accident that had something covered up with a sheet that I assume was a body, and I was like, Damn. I was on my way yeah. to work one day, and it was like, holy shit. Yeah. So there you so go. Way to bring the podcast week. down like five minutes into the <laughs> no problem. thing. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll lighten the mood uh, with some some lighthearted video game talk from my own week. Um, well, actually, it's mostly mostly not. Well, it's about half video games and half not video games. Um, I played a lot more of Elite Dangerous. Um, I actually have found a way to have fun with that game, which is to not do like the typical shit that people think about when they think about these kinds of games, which is like trading, you know, and, and exploring and stuff, which it's cool in that game that you can do that stuff. And I guess it's fun for some people, but the actual act of transportation in that game of getting from one space station to the next is 
95% really boring and 5% kind of interesting, like with the docking sequences and stuff. But it, it takes a really long time to, like, I don't like the way that they've done, uh, faster than light travel. Basically it's, they, well, I like it in concept, which is that you speed up and you can still like fly your ship as if you're just flying around in space, but you're going like 20 times the speed of light. So you can just like fly around the sun and around a planet. Um, and that's really neat, but it takes like, depending on how fast you're going, it can take like two minutes to slow all the way down in order to get out of the faster than light travel. So like when you're going to a space station, you just have to point your ship at the space station and throttle down and just wait, listening to your engine go as you get closer and closer to the space. It's like, there's nothing interesting or fun about it whatsoever. Like speeding up is cool. Slowing down is not like it would be so much better if they had made it a little slower to speed up and then just, you can just drop out like instantly when you get to your destination instead of having to do the really slow, slow down or whatever. And you can like, you can change it up and like use the, like you can swing yourself around a planet and use the gravity to slow yourself down, which is kind of fun. But like having to make your own fun when it comes to just traveling from one place to the other is kind of a flaw that I don't think the game should have. But um, basically what I've done is I bought a pretty cheap fighter ship decked it out with some pretty expensive weapons and I'm just going out and killing dudes with bounties on their head and getting tons of money from that. That's that's. I found out also that that's like the most way, by far the most efficient way to get money in the game. Like trading and 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 especially like pirating are terrible ways to make money. You're just going to get a huge fine and then you're going to uh, get like three thousand dollars profit off of whatever loot you get from some guy that you killed. And 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 meanwhile you can get like 20,000 off of some guy for a bounty and you don't even have to take the shit to a space station that doesn't make like, sense i know it, it's it's completely unbalanced it doesn't make sense i i feel like it's mostly an effect of the game being kind of unfinished i mean it is a version 1.0 release it's not a full game that they've i don't feel like it's been fleshed out yet i don't feel like they've really figured out what they want to do with it so you can make your own fun with it, but it's it it's very hard to figure out how to have fun with that game. Uh, but it, it, the the dog fighting is fun; it's interesting. Um, there's like the the normal way that you control your ship is like uh, like a plane, you know, like where you're just flying around. Uh, your ship travels in the direction that you're pointing it. But you can press a button, or you can configure it however you like. But you can press a button where it'll turn off this like automatic flight assist control stuff, where it obeys more the the laws of space physics which is like if you're traveling in a straight line and then you try to turn you're going to still be traveling in the way you were but then you're going to slowly like change your velocity you know um and you can combine those two ways of flying to like do some really interesting dogfighting maneuvers like if someone's behind you you can throttle down and turn around and shoot him while you're traveling backwards hmm. And that's really fun. Like that's really neat, and and it feels like there's like a good learning curve to it, where like you're getting better and better at it as you figure out how to utilize that stuff and take advantage of of it. It's it's really hard, but it's fun. Um, so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a neat game that I wouldn't recommend most people buying um, unless you you really want a space simulator experience. Um, I've also uh, been watching The Wire. I uh, I kind of stopped watching it for a couple of weeks just because I was busy with stuff and. Uh, picked it back up. Uh, I uh, just started season four, and I, I really like that show. I've forgotten like, like I knew that I really liked it. I, I saw it several years ago and I really liked it, but like I'd kind of forgotten how many bases that show covers as far as like 
themes. Like it's an examination of society at literally every level, you know? And I think that's it. That's just a good show. There's not much to say about it um, unless we want to get into spoilers, but good fucking show. I recommend it to pretty much anyone. Yeah. Um, to, to me, that's one of the things that like anybody has to see like at some point it's so good yeah i i don't think it i wouldn't call it a show for everyone but i think it's a show that everyone should see (laughs) um yeah i I don't think everyone would enjoy it but it's not made for everyone but everyone should bring themselves to it yeah i mean you you it just kind of it it kind of tells you what you already know about how shitty the world is (laughs) yeah but it but it does it in a really entertaining and well-written way um well directed too and very well acted um <clears throat> i also i might have mentioned last week that the uh the wwe network is free for a month <laughs> and so i decided all right fine i'll 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 subscribe to it for a month for free or whatever um i don't think it's actually free i think that i'm paying ten dollars for two months i think you have to lock yourself into that but whatever i wanted to experience it because i wanted to see how, how the wwe network or whatever was like if it was a good service or not because you know with hbo finally uh splitting hbo go from their normal uh service where like you can have an hbo go account without having a cable subscription that and wwe network are are, like the only two like tv uh tv channels that are like have gone like fully onto the uh the side of like completely digital online um You've got Hulu and Netflix and stuff, but it's not really the same thing. We're talking about something that started on TV and then moved online. Um, it's I was really surprised, first of all, by how well made this network thing is because I always saw like wrestling as being something that was way behind the times. Like I saw it as kind of a relic of like the eighties and nineties. But they they hired some people who knew what they were doing because it there's actually some like really cool features that I haven't seen anywhere else. And and the coolest one to me is if you're watching a match, it'll put little indicators on the uh, timeline for the video and it'll be like if you scroll over the indicator it'll show a picture of a still frame of of, of that moment and it'll say uh beginning of cena versus lesnar match and then you can go to the next indicator, and it'll be the end of that match and so like you can just skip to the part you want to see if you don't want to watch the whole thing um which is a really simple really good feature that i can't think of any other website having done um so I was actually really impressed by that. And then uh, they also have a channel that you can watch. It's it, Everything's on demand, but they do a channel that streams stuff live. It, most of it is just stuff that's already on their network. Some of it is like live shows, but um, I think that's a really good idea. Like if Netflix had something where I could just watch a channel that's just, here's our selection of movies that we're going to show um and everyone's just watching the same thing at the same time that could be something that i would just put on you know and just have on instead of having to choose a movie or anything just kind of have it on like you have a tv on i i feel like that is something that that more of these uh websites should should look towards it when they're starting to compete with people cutting their cables for for cable subscriptions is like we need something where people can just have it on like you have a TV on. You know what would be um, like a super killer app for Netflix to have is something like um, Watch Together or SyncTube where you can um, – I mean you can't just share it with people who don't have a subscription. But right. two people who have a subscription should be able to 
play this play a movie and have like a, a window a chat window open at the same time and have it like synchronously play and pause and fast forward yeah and like stuff. just just support that would be of so that cool yeah. everybody would use it because I've, I've yeah i mean i've done that with so many people before where it's like hey let's watch a movie together and we start it you know with three two one on netflix um that's that's a feature that yeah it, it shouldn't even be that hard to implement when you think about it but um i i do think that that they need to, to look into more like People like, or at least I personally, I like watching things live more than I like watching them recorded. If I have a choice, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to watch it live, just because there's something about watching something that you know a bunch of other people are watching kind of at the same time with you. You know, yeah. even if you're not talking to them, interacting with them, watching something live is 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 a different experience or it feels different. It, there's just something small about it. It's kind of like how people say, well, I still like reading a book on paper rather than on a screen. Um, it's a simple thing that I think it's, it's very easy to implement and it would be, I, it'd be really cool for like Netflix, Hulu, et cetera, to, to do that. Um, they could even put ads on there. Who, who gives a shit? You, you can watch it if you want, or you can just click on a movie and watch it the way you normally do. Um, I, I like that stuff, but anyway, the, yeah, they, they they've done a really good job with it. It's got some jankiness to it. The, the WWE network, I mean, um, it, like the buffering and stuff can be weird and not work all that well. But it's kind of new, and I feel like I, I can excuse most of that because I'm still really impressed with it. Like I was I was not at all expecting it to be. Oh, and they're going backwards. Like they're they're uploading stuff from like the 80s and stuff. Like you can go back into their back catalog and 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 watch all this stuff that. Um, happened 30 years ago which is it's just a really good idea it's really neat um it's honestly a pretty good pretty good deal for ten dollars a month i don't know if i'll stay subscribed to it because i don't know if i care about wrestling enough but we'll see um the uh the other thing i did was the uh the battlefield hardline beta did you get a chance to play that i had no interest in doing that at all i figured uh i just wanted i i haven't liked battlefield since Battlefield, uh, probably twenty one forty two. I think was no, I, no. I liked the bad companies, but those were kind of different games. Um, <sighs> Battlefield's gotten so fast paced that I think it's just not even remotely fun anymore. Um, it's like you, you spawn, you sprint around with your like a chicken with your head, with his head cut off, and then you get shot from somewhere that. You didn't so even see basically like a, literally Call of Duty. Yeah, but Call of Duty on a huge scale, it feels even more random and chaotic. Well, it is more random and chaotic than Call of Duty, but they've implemented these Call of Duty style tactics and gameplay where it's just like sprint, 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 shoot the guy right in front of you, sprint, 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 sprint get shot in the back. Um, also, the, the nature of Battlefield, and Call of Duty is the same way, and I, I don't like this. The nature of Battlefield is that they put you on this big sprawling map. And you never know where the enemy is. They could be behind you. They could be in front of you. They could be anywhere. Um, there's no way for you to know. And everyone's so quick that if there isn't an enemy over there, there could be in three seconds because they're just going to sprint there like really super fast. And I just don't see the fun in it. You're always getting shot from the back or from the side. You don't know where the front line is because there isn't one. There's no There's no logic to it. There's no... Uh, you just don't know what's going on, which is part of the appeal, I guess. Like, you're supposed to be in this battlefield where, like, you don't know, like, it's chaotic. You're supposed to have, like, video game PTSD because bullets are flying everywhere and shit's exploding. But when there's 
absolutely no way to figure out where the enemy's coming from, it's not fun. Like that that sucks. Uh, I I would I would much prefer. And this is what Bad Company did really well. Is they made it the more the, the uh, most of the maps were kind of focused on a more linear, um, in a more linear way where like the checkpoints are kind of one at a time and, and the bases are on opposite sides. They they followed this logic a little bit with some of Battlefield, but they you can tell that they've gone out of their way to make it more like open where you can go around if you want, you can flank if you want, which I'm sure sounded like a good idea on paper, but in practice, I I hate it. It's not fun. I I, I want my enemy to be in front of me in a game like Battlefield. I. I just, I did not have fun with it. Um, I, I, I would hesitate to call that a bad game. I think that there's people who would really enjoy it. I, if I still liked playing Call of Duty, I would probably enjoy playing Battlefield. I, I enjoyed Call of Duty at one time. Um, and it, and I think anyone could have fun playing it with their friends. And I know that that can be said about just about any game. But like, you get in a squad with your friends and you can just go around the map wrecking, wrecking shit. Like that's that's pretty fun. But uh, I don't know. I, one thing I do like about the game though is that. The, have you seen the uh, Easter eggs that they've put in just for the beta? The reload animations, yeah, yeah those were yeah, cool. I, I thought I those were those. neat. Um, I, I I liked that. And then there's a there's one where like you know there's like a spotting key where you like look at a helicopter and your character will say like helicopter spotted. Um, there's some donuts in one of the maps, and if you look at the donuts and you press that key, your guy will go like delicious donuts spotted. <laughs> there's like there's like ten lines of dialogue for pointing at the donut and spotting it. I thought that was really funny. I, I like little Easter eggs like that, especially the, in multiplayer games, just because it's silly. For the benefit of people who haven't seen the reload animations, there's basically like one in ten thousand chance of <laughs> on a, a, like a reload, a certain animation playing, like uh, to reload a rocket launcher. Instead of loading it in normally, he kind of throws it up in the air and catches it and tries to shove it in the wrong way. <laughs> and um, yeah, they're just little Easter eggs. They're little rare touches that most people aren't going to see, but it just makes it more fun that they're there. Still, no interest in playing it, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of respect for those developers. I think that they, they're really good at making an engine and, and, and you know, like, the sound design and and the way it looks is, is pretty awesome. They've done a great job with that. But just, I feel like they need a huge redesign as far as how their game plays. And I don't know, I... I I say that from the perspective of someone who wants something completely different from, I think, what their primary demographic wants. So maybe they've got to figure it out. I, I don't. I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that'll buy that game and have fun with it. So all they have to do is make sure that it it isn't completely broken when they release it, which it's been delayed like several months, I think, now. So I think they figured it out. The beta. The beta was not laggy. It wasn't glitchy. So I'll give them credit. I'll give them credit where it's due. Um, and with that. I think we'll head into. Actually, I want to. I missed a couple things that I do want to mention. I saw American Beauty, which uh, Kevin Spacey, you know, won best, I think, best picture and best actor, whatever it was, awards. It was a really good movie. It was basically about a guy who's been a pussy forever, just decides to stop. It's a really cool movie. It's surreal a bit. It's 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 interesting. I think never seen it. I'd recommend it. It's a good movie. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was a game called Darkest Dungeon. And have you, you've seen that, right? I've heard it about it. I I don't know much about it. It's like a it's like a turn-based RPG that's based off of. It seems to be like Lovecraft. Like it, it's got this very kind of eldritch 
feel like you're you're wrestling with forces bigger than you could possibly handle and um the the draw to it or at least the hook is that uh stress is a major factor that as your party fights these uh these demonic things whatever they're called I've, i haven't played much of it yet so i don't know the names yet but um they they get psychological um pressure and it, it builds up over time and then the only way to relieve it is for them to actually like after the expeditions are over is to come back to the town and kind of relax and some of them like to gamble and some of them like to pray and you can put them off into these different places, but you can only yeah. fit so many people in the monastery at any given time. And um, ev- eventually you're going to have to take people out who are horribly stressed. And then they can kind of snap. But it's not like just a generic, oh, now they might hurt you accidentally. There are different effects when they when they reach their breaking point. You kind of lose a bit of control over what they do, but... The effects of very very stressed out characters winds winds up being very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah that, I haven't played too really much cool. of it, but I'm I'm looking forward to playing more. It's, it's a really interesting premise. Yeah, I, I heard a little bit about that. I f- I'd forgotten. Um, it's like it's almost like The Sims, I guess, in the way that you're kind of managing their like emotions and stuff. But it, it like also that you can have like uh, there's advantages sometimes to like. Like they'll get stressed out and they'll become stronger in combat or something like that. Like you can actually like manage it to a level where you kind of want them to be stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty neat. And and it makes you feel guilty for bringing the stressed out people out. Yeah, like <laughs> while you're managing things in town, if um if one of your guys is pretty stressed, then his icon will be off to the side and little speech bubbles will pop out where it's like I'm not going back out there, and um. Some of them can get so broken by it that they have to like leave for a bit and go on a journey of self-discovery, and they may or may not come back. Like it's it's pretty cool. It it's doing a lot of original things. It's worth checking out. I'm enjoying it so far. I haven't played much of it, but I will. Um, there's uh, now that you mentioned things that you forgot to mention, <laughs> I forgot to mention something too. I, I actually meant to mention this. I think last week, last week's podcast. Um, there is a series of articles i think there are articles accompanied by video videos um i wish i could remember the name of the guy who does them but if you google breaking madden uh it's this guy who uh, he doesn't hack the game or anything he just edits there's apparently a player editor in the madden games where you can kind of make people small tall large whatever uh, and and it also changed like their intelligence and like it goes in like really really extreme detail into how uh, you know how good are they at spotting where they should go or catching a ball or whatever um, and he edits these characters and makes them act ridiculous um, and and basically just breaks the game using its own mechanics against it and he does one for each Super Bowl. Or he, I don't know how long he's been doing it, maybe for a few years, but the uh, the one for the last I've I've read the two articles for uh, this year's Super Bowl and last year's Super Bowl, and they are really good articles. He's he's a good writer, and 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 he just kind of he just kind of guides you through like his process of like he'll he'll make one team incredibly powerful, huge, and just really skilled, and then and then lower the stats all the way down on the other team. So it's these huge, massive guys, just just steamrolling the other team where like and and then he'll like the the score of the game 
it gets up to like 255 and the game stops counting 255 to zero <laughs> and that's like in the first quarter so, so it, it's, he actually found a way where uh he could using uh, this is not breaking the the rules of football technically he uh if you catch your own punt like if you do an onside kick i guess and recover your own punt the clock never starts so if you score what? a touchdown so if you score a touchdown the clock has never has not run so you can you can score in the before the the clock even starts in the game so theoretically in the game of football <laughs> there's an infinite you can you can be, you can go on as long as you want because the clock doesn't start um That's I, great. I don't know if I don't know if that's still the rules of NFL, but it's at least the rules of NFL in the game. Um, I don't know if that was last year's Super Bowl or this year's, but yeah, he's like, technically this game could go on forever. Um, but eventually like the game crashes just because it's so absurd. Like nice. it, they're well worth a read. Google breaking Madden and, and read those. They're, they're very funny. Um, all right. Uh, oh, also someone mentioned in chat. Oh, Al Restis, my man, Al, Al Restis. I, I streamed battlefield hardline. He mentioned something that I had repressed from memory. Uh, one thing about that game that is unbelievably terrible, especially for a game that kind of focuses on it a lot, the driving is literally probably the worst driving that I've experienced in a game in the last decade. Even worse than like uh, those source mods dogs. where you like turn around. Yeah, and, really. Worse I than would that? say even worse than that because, it, or uh, maybe around the same level, like just where the physics don't seem to make sense. Like turning is just stupid, and like okay, so here's what you do, like. You know how, like, if you're using a controller and you're trying to control a car, then you usually use, like, kind of small movements, you know, like, tap it almost if you want to just turn a little bit. A tap, when you're when you're driving one of these cars, will just send it careening in one direction. Like, I, I, like it keeps turning after you tap it. Like, it takes a t- amount of time to straighten out the wheels or something. I don't know. It is terrible. It, I, 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 I was blown away, especially because, like, one of the game modes is... The, and I like the idea of this game mode, but the driving's so bad that it makes it a terrible game mode. One of the game modes is that the, the capture points in the map are cars. And so you have to get in the cars and drive them at speed to start capturing the, the zones. And it's like you get your friends in there, and they're, like, shooting people. But the driving's so terrible. Like, it just... Oh, God. I was so... I, I, like Especially since, like, the driving in Battlefield 3 wasn't... I mean, it was not great at all, but it wasn't nearly as bad. Like, I don't know what happened. I, I feel like it, it has to change by the full release. Like, it can't be... They can't... They can't know... that They can't think that this is good. Like, I, I don't know how anyone would like the way that it drives. It's it's unbelievably bad. Um, anyway, that... Whatever. Let's let's move on to news. <laughs> Evolve came out, um, and nobody cared. Yeah. I've actually been hearing good things about it, which is weird because I heard really bad things about it when it was doing its beta. I the beta. I don't know. I haven't played it. Bother with it. Yeah, I, I I've heard people saying like that it was really unbalanced, or you were saying it was really unbalanced and all that stuff. And then I like oh, pretty much everything I've seen about it so far has been like early reviews of Evolve are looking good. Um, I don't know. Like even the game journalists were bashing the beta, so. Whatever. I, I can't speak from experience. I, I, I haven't played that game, and I don't really plan to either. But Unless it just becomes this hit where it's actually really fun, which I doubt. Um, the uh, I tweeted about this several days ago. Uh, League of Legends is holding some kind of tournament, uh, and they have a women's division, women's tournament. Um, and 
because in their own words, it's it's too male dominated, and they they wanted to give women a chance to compete in a in a, in a, in a male dominated sport. I guess if you want to call esports a sport, um, and they accidentally let me pull it up. They uh, basically like okay last last podcast I was talking about how Nintendo seemed to write their. Uh, their press release about the, or not press release, but their guidelines about the Nintendo creators program or whatever. It's, it, it felt like it was written by lawyers who had no, who didn't even think about who would be reading it or like what impression it would give the general community. That seems like what happened here, um, to a much, much worse and further extent. Uh, the part that, the part that people are freaking out about or were freaking out about was, uh, first of all, they, they come out with like a, uh, I guess it's an email or some kind of press release where they're talking about, you know, here's our tournament. It's called the Iron Solari. I don't know. Um, here's when it's going to be. Here's where it's going to be. Also, just so you know, it says, uh, it starts talking about les- the lesbian, gay, transgendered women. Um, it, it bolds. Every time it says lesbian, gay, and trans- transgendered, it bolds those words for some reason. Uh and so it's saying we want them to be allowed to participate, and 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 we've t- given a lot of thought into how this participation will work. Uh, they say putting all these points into consideration, we wish to experiment on the following changes to be implemented in this second leg, one of the legs of the tournament. Number one, each team will be allowed to have a maximum of one, and then they put the number one in parentheses as lawyers tend to do. Gay slash transgendered women, woman for the entirety of the tournament day. Therefore, teams cannot do the following. Team A's first game will be four female members and one gay. Then on Team A's second game, oh they will have four female God. members and replace with another gay or transgendered member. How the hell is it 2015 and <laughs> someone is seriously using the phrase a gay? A gay. The gays. <laughs> um, and they're saying if you violate it, then like you'll be uh, sanctioned with a one-year ban on all all arena orga- organized events. I, first of all, okay, so their logic behind this is pretty obvious. I think it's it's you've got these people like that MMA fighter a few years ago who th- they were men and they got a sex job and they became women. <laughs> a sex job. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> all right, Danny DeVito. <laughs> and they enter. They they keep doing their sport, but now they're a woman competing against women. But they have the inherent advantage that a male has, at least yeah. physically, uh, especially in something like MMA fighting. And they beat the shit out of everyone because yeah. it isn't fair at all. Like they like by all intents and purposes, as far as the the sport goes, as far as the competition goes, they're men. But technically, or to their mind, or whatever, you know, they're women, and they want to compete with women, and 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 sometimes they're allowed to, and then it it turns into this this crazy thing. And so I think they're trying to avoid something like that happening with this, which is weird because well, it's an esport, yeah. which it doesn't seem to like. I mean, I, men, biological XY chromosome men have measurably faster reaction times, and there's a reason that in most of the major esports leagues every pro player is male. It's not an accident, and it's not restricted 
two women. It's just that they're not good enough to compete. It's just an inherent biological fact. But for an all-women tournament, it makes absolutely no sense to limit one lesbian player. Like, <laughs> sexual orientation has nothing to do well, with see, reaction that's, time. That's the problem, is that, is that whether or not... Uh, being a man or a woman changes how competitive you can yeah, be in these video games. they clearly don't understand. Whether which... or not that's true, and whether or not that applies here, they have looped gay people into the mix and said, they're basically saying, like, they took LGBT, like, the phrase LGBT, completely, literally, and, 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 and just looped them all together and said, all right, yeah. you can't have more than one lesbian, which doesn't make any sense, and any logical person would know that. I, I, I wonder how you even how start to justify it. Like, I, even I, if you were going to pretend to be extremely ignorant and throw out any semblance of political correctness, and you were just going to be the biggest asshole you could, it's still, there's no rational justification to let... Even if they were homophobic, why would they allow <laughs> one specifically like it's they so clearly strange aren't. well the thing is that it clearly aren't homophobic because they're yeah exactly but they're just completely i don't know i i don't understand it at all it's it's one of these cases of like people trying to be like there's there's always these people who are trying to be progressive and then they they do something wrong trying like in their in their yeah, attempts to be progressive that gets all the other progressives on their case, and this is exactly what's happened here. And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Uh, they apologized totally for it. Yeah, they, they apologized for it, back, but basically. they didn't even. I, I don't wish they, they would explain what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think so they provide weird. an explanation. I think it's just a literal translation of LGBT. They just say like it's the LGBT community, and therefore, like, I, I, maybe I don't maybe know. that's what they thought. Maybe they thought like, maybe they thought LGBT was the proper politically correct umbrella and that it would somehow like, connect be offensive maybe to like know. maybe they thought it would be offensive to uh distinguish between transgendered and gay people and maybe to some people that is offensive i don't know you cannot you can't keep up with these people who get offended at this shit and so in that in that regard i have i have sympathy for them but i have no sympathy for the fact that they just blatantly like you how can you read this and not think this is a terrible idea and then their example in their example, they they use a gay person as an example instead of a transgendered person, and yeah. and then they they refer to them as a gay. <laughs> the first game will be four female members and one gay, <laughs> which is just unbelievable. It's like it's written by like a seventy year old or something. It has to be. <laughs> they they must have like hired like you notice the the one that was in parentheses. They must yeah. have hired oh, yeah. some lawyer that yeah the legalese that, like. Or I don't know just, the don't people know. who would. Anyone who's actually holding an an all women League of Legends tournament clearly has a progressive mindset of some kind. They wouldn't use the uh, the term a gay. There's just no way they had to have hired a lawyer to do that. Yeah, and pretty much. And 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 so their explanation in the in the press release is, um, it is our hope that with these changes, with this changes, which is a typo that I wouldn't expect from something that seems to be legalese with this changes we're able to realize our goal to have an event where everybody can enjoy wow there's a lot of grammar mistakes in here where everybody can enjoy while at the same time preserving the the competitive aspect of this tournament um and then they say we're going to closely uh monitor the impact of these changes and have an open dialogue with all parties involved which 
that open dialogue yeah. started really quick uh, <laughs> on the internet, and they took it back. So, of course, they did. Nothing is surprising there, but I don't know how this happens. I it, this has to be read over by more than one person. One would think like this isn't just like one person's doing. Like someone had to approve this, and maybe even a group of people like created this. I, I it blows my mind. One gay, one in parentheses one gay. Yep. <laughs> um, I see you're writing Life is Strange here. What is that? About? Yeah. Okay, so I could have talked about this during the week, but um, it, it sort of makes sense in news because it is coupled with a bit in news. So Life is Strange, I talked about last week, episode one. But um, apparently most of the files for episode two were, were bumb- bundled with the game they released, and it took just a, a small patch to make it entirely playable. Oops. Yeah, and um, they of course did their damage control, where it's like, oh, we, you know, we're ashamed that people are seeing our unfinished code, and the final product will be so much better. There was only really like one major problem that looked like it was unfinished, and that was like this um, glitch regarding the the light beams coming in through the windows, just kind of look like um, black slabs, yeah, just planes yeah. that extend infinitely. Besides that, the production value was exactly the same as the first episode. I'm. I would be shocked if it wound up any more polished than the leak state, and you know, I. It was bad enough that w- there was no internal arc to episode one; that it was all kind of build up and no context or meaning. Getting to, to know anything. the characters. Well, that's what episode two was too. Like oh. by the end, I still didn't feel like anything happened. And there's only going to be six episodes or something, right? I think or five. Eight? Yeah, five. five. Mm-hmm. And the first two are just. They're bad. Rising it's really bad. And, okay, so here's... I thought for a second that it was going somewhere interesting, but it let me down. So there was this plot. There's a girl at the school called Kate. And Kate, all you really know is that she was recorded on video at a party and that somebody drugged her, and it was a big problem. And, of course, the assumption that you make, of course, because it's a you know supposed to be a serious drama is that, okay, she was raped. But it's not true. She was just, she was videotaped kissing somebody on the camera. But you don't know that. Like, they hint at it as if it's rape. And then, you know, it it feels like a bait and switch, first of all. Like, they were afraid to go there. Which, of course, they're afraid to go there because they spent paragraphs worth of text before it came out justifying how progressive and, and inclusive their game was. But, like... That was the only major dramatic thrust in the entire episode, and it it had the potential to be like actually interesting and tragic, but of course they decided not to and just make it some completely pedestrian, boring thing, just like well, everything I, else. I feel like their it sounds to me like their core intention with that game is is flawed because it it seems like their their idea behind it is. Let's take a teenager with ordinary teenager problems and, 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 and her friends with ordinary teenager problems and just write a story about these ordinary teenagers, which I, it sounds boring and it probably is boring. I, yeah. I, but it sounds like that's exactly what they were trying to do. They were just trying to create, like, I guess slice of life would be the genre that they're going for or something. Well, there's a moment from the stream that I did that's uploaded on my alternate account now that probably best encapsulates what I think about it. And it was something, I don't remember exactly what it was, but, okay, 
the protagonist can rewind time. There's all kinds of crazy metaphysical shit happening. Why don't we focus on everyday high school drama? That'll yeah, make for yeah. an interesting experience. And then make the time it's travel It's misguided. It feels irrelevant. like... Yeah, it feels like at its most basic level, it's just wrong-headed. And then, um, yeah, like the most dramatic moment where you have to kind of stop this girl who was videotaped kissing somebody. What a scandal. F- fuck that. Like... I don't know. I have a problem with the way they did that. And it's not even because I'm, like, offended or anything. Would you find it problematic? It felt like they were going somewhere meaningful, like, actually meaningful in a literary sense. And they just decided to take a big shit on that. But you you try to stop this girl from killing herself. And, of course... She's considering suicide because she she was kissing someone on a video? Yeah, it's a I justified mean, response, of course. People have committed anyway, suicide over less, I guess. So, of so. course, this moment in the plot is exactly where your your uh, time travel powers start to malfunction, and that you can't use it too much in one day. Like the 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 only reason you lose the ability to do that is because it's convenient to the plot. Like, of course, being able to rewind time and redo things and optimize it perfectly is going to, you know, remove some stakes. So whenever the plot feels like it needs some stakes, it just throws that mechanic out the window. It happened yeah. earlier when you kind of get ambushed by this guy, or at least you can't go back f- quite far enough. It's a, it, There's so many of these contrivances. The, the entire thing is a series of contrivances. And uh, there's this, like, blue-collar guy, you know, a fisherman, who's mm-hmm. talking about his boat. And he is exactly what, like, a Bay Area pseudo-intellectual thinks blue-collar people are like. <laughs> it, I mean, Jesus. He's just like, you know, me and my blue-collar are going to go out on the boat and, Does you he know, literally these damn... I don't know. I think they said something about blue collar at some <laughs> point. I don't know. He was literally wearing a blue collar right. at, at the very least. But, Is this the yeah. guy that climbs the ladder and spills the paint bucket? No, that's the um, the the janitor named have you, Samuel. Um, have you seen the video in which he starts climbing the ladder and the Snake Eater theme song starts playing? <laughs> no. It's a pretty good video. <laughs> okay. I'll have to watch that. So yeah, that's about all I have to say about Life is Strange Episode 2. I mean, I'm kind of glad that it got leaked now, because now at least we can have early confirmation that no, it wasn't just a slow start. It's gonna be bad all the way through yeah oh well i don't know people are still of course praising that game game journalists i mean by people if, uh, if anything has more than like five positive words to say about it you should just distrust their opinion I've, I've, forever. I've said it before the only reason people praise it is because it's doing something different and 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 they just go crazy when Except someone tries something even different not. It looks. It's, it's like a. It's it's a Walking it Dead game. It looks like it like does that, something that, different. That has a time travel thing in it, which is basically just the same as a save state. I, I, yeah, there are all kinds of other cool memes and references that they decided to throw in, but I can't remember them exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you want. to. I do remember that there was this one scene where uh, the girl with the blue hair, the special snowflake dyed hair, oh, great. gets her leg caught on the train tracks for like no reason, and you can clearly see that her leg isn't caught on anything. But she's like struggling and Ugh. trying. To, she can't get away from the train, and um, I just I let her get hit by the train over and over and <laughs> rewinded it and just let it keep happening. <laughs> Those are the most satisfying moments. The only satisfying moments. Okay, Great. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Well, um, I uh, I might have meant. I think this was in the first 
few episodes of the podcast, uh, if you've been listening to us for that long, you may remember uh, we talked a little bit about a woman named Sui Park. She is a uh, Asian American activist. Um, she is combating racism against Asian Americans uh, using Twitter as her as her weapon, and uh, she was real angry about Stephen Colbert tweeting. Uh, a joke about that was that was uh, poking fun at the the Redskins and and how they created a fund for Native Americans and how hypocritical that was. So she got mad about that, and we've talked about you. Yeah, if you don't know about that, go look it up uh, because it is absurd and you will hate everything. Uh, I have an update on Suey Park. She uh, let me pull up the original tweet here. <clears throat> Uh, Suey Park tweeted on the 4th of February some very, very concerning news. Uh, she said, after cancel Colbert, which was her, her hashtag movement that she started uh, to cancel the Colbert show because it's racist against Asians. Uh, after cancel Colbert and other sad happenings, I didn't get out of bed for months, causing my muscles to atrophy. Nice. So, uh, she was she was fighting so hard in her in her, uh, her war against social injustices that her muscles atrophied. Damn. That's all I wanted to say about that. I thought it was relevant because we talked about it. Um, next bit of news, actually having to do with video games this time, is that uh, this is actually really interesting. Uh, I actually... Yeah, I'll talk about this now. Um, Bethesda is, for the first time ever, going to hold an entire E3 press conference which i found pretty interesting uh they basically everyone's first assumption is it's going to be fallout 4 or fallout 4 is obviously going to be announced i sure probably but i don't think that would be like i i I feel like the implications of that is much smaller than the fact that bethesda is such a large company that they can have their own press conference now which i'm not sure they are a large enough company to have a press conference of their own i don't know how they're gonna justify this um, I mean, yeah, they do publish, but not very often. They, they don't publish a whole lot of stuff, especially not a whole lot of successful stuff, to be to be frank. But uh, wait, well, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> do you have? So I, was a, I was a little distracted because I just found out that um, Square Enix took the stream down. So that's going to be another oh, um, no. kind of notification process going. I'm just I'm justifying it as a freedom of the press in that I'm warning the consumer about the poor quality of this product so that they. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, what was the question? Uh, the Bethesda's E3 conference. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's looking like it's going to be Fallout Four. It's. I mean, of all the but things that they could be holding a conference, conference about for, Fallout Four. Yeah, I think they could, and they could probably <laughs> announce a spinoff. Like people would care enough about that. They could announce. They could have a trailer for Fallout Four and a teaser for Elder Scrolls Six, and they've got a conference. Yeah. I don't know though. I mean, a conference to me, like a conference, has to be at least what an hour long, probably, and you can't do an hour. Like, and they've got they've got some IPs, don't they? They've got, they do. Um, they, I mean, they have they they've got the uh, MMO, which is I don't well, know what the hell I mean, they're going to do with that. Uh, they've got. I'm struggling to think. I, they have published games, and they continue to publish games, and I assume that they probably have some. Oh, Dishonored. Yeah, Dishonored. Dishonored. Uh, we they, might see a Dishonored two. We're probably gonna, yeah, we're probably gonna see either a Dishonored two. Or, I, I would, I would say more likely than Dishonored two, probably a 
a completely different game by I mean, the same company that's on the, along the same lines. They well, they already confirmed that Dishonored was going to be a series. Okay, well, and since it came out about what three years ago, it seems to be getting around that time. Yeah, at least as far as the Bethesda sequel cycle sequel cycle goes. But I just I. I just don't think that they're big enough to have their own press conference. I think that that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I guess we one can hope that it's it's somewhere along the lines of those uh, those old uh, Capcom press conferences. Have you ever watched those? They're in like, like um, a s- small yeah, room. They're, they're pretty entertaining. There's some uh, there's some good compilations of. I think it's Capcom. It's not Konami. Yeah, no, it's it's Capcom. Um, yeah, you should look up on YouTube. Capcom press conference. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I if they come out, if they release, if they release footage of Fallout Four and it looks a lot like Fallout Three, and I mean, like as far as the engine goes, I'm, I really want to see like a brand. I'm gonna be so engine. done. Yeah, they need to. They need to like they can't use the the Skyrim engine because the Skyrim engine is it's terrible. So bad. They were they're acting like it was. It. I remember, like before it came out, they're like, "This is completely different engine. We've completely upgraded from Oblivion." And then it came out, and it was just obviously Oblivion's engine with very minor upgrades. Ugh. Yeah, got a little barely to, modified Gamebryo. Yeah, they need to completely redo that. With and with the amount of time between Fallout Three and Fallout Four, if 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 they have different teams working on those games from the Elder Scrolls games, then maybe they've created a new engine. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cross my fingers if I was a Bethesda fan, which who is at this point, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of people. At this point, I'm mostly interested in the IPs that they are holding hostage. After Fallout <laughs> 4, then they lose that IP, or they have to buy it again, which means somebody competent they will get it. At the very least, we might hope to see a slightly better engine for mods for Fallout 4. I'd like but to see. I'd like. I never. I never got into the old Fallout games, Fallout 1 and 2. I would to. like to see a you modern. I would like to see a modern version of those games released, or a, not like an HD remake. I just mean like a Fallout sequel. That is in the style of those games. That would be pretty sort awesome. Of did I know that Have they came out Wasteland with uh, Yeah, Wasteland Two. I yeah. I don't know. I, when it comes to like Kickstarter spinoffs of old games, I just can't get excited about that. Like that just sounds so lame to me. I I don't know. I've heard okay things about it. I maybe I'll check it out. I, I don't play know. it myself. So I need to check out the originals first of all. You're right. I do need to do that. Yeah, they're very um, good. All right. Uh, also, moving on from Bethesda. Bioware news. Uh, do you remember How a game insane. from? Do you remember a game from E3, the last E3? I think it was E3 uh, called Shadow Realms, and it was like a. Nope. It, it, they said it was a four. I think they said it was a four versus one RPG. I think it was going to be like four player co op with a game master. I think was kind of the idea, like someone controlling the AI or something like like that. Um, I never heard of this. They they were showing gameplay footage of it. Uh, they had like a demo of it and they were like four people playing together and they've completely canceled it. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's not that surprising. I don't know. I, that, that sounded like such a strange concept to like, like that's, that's something that you see in a lot of mods. Like I, what was that uh source mod where it, you could, uh, it was called zombie master where people try to, to run through a level of fighting zombies and someone is in control of the zombies and can set traps and stuff. I think it was basically going to be a mainstream version of that, which I don't know. Especially if you're trying to put that on a console. I, I don't know about that. But yeah, it got canceled. So 
Sorry if you were looking forward to that. But the uh, the noteworthy thing about this news <clears throat> is their explanation for canceling it, or part of their ex- explanation. Uh, so it's Bioware Austin. Who, th- th- that studio was working on, on this game, apparently. And uh, <laughs> they say... Uh, first of all, they say that the Austin studio is going to be working on ongoing enhancements to the award-winning Dragon Age Inquisition, as well as the next game in the Mass Effect series and other new IP. But they say, the biggest focus for our team in Bioware Austin will be on Star Wars The Old Republic. As every Star Wars fan knows, this is a massive year in the Star Wars universe. We have some great plans for expanding this epic game this year and look forward to sharing the news about those plans with other players in the the, with our players in the coming weeks. I... Uh, whatever. I guess there's people still playing that. If they're gonna change it radically, then maybe they can save it. I don't know. I I, I assume what they're probably doing is they're probably creating some kind of uh, movie tie-in kind of thing where it's gonna like, I don't know, if the movie introduces any new locations or something, maybe they'll go there in their next game. I, it's weird. I don't know. I, like Battlefront, that's going to probably be like a movie tie-in kind of thing, where a lot of the locations are going to be the ones in the film. I was, I would assume, um, that would be the way that, that that you would do a game like that. But when it comes to an MMO, which is supposed to be taking place in a completely different era than Star Wars movies, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're planning with. I, I don't think anyone's still playing that game. I mean, I, 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 whenever it comes to an MMO, there's always people who just stick with it no matter what, for whatever reason. There's those people, but I, there can't be very many of them because that game is just not that great at all in any way. <laughs> Whatever. Um, good for them, I guess. Uh, yeah, so any other news? I mean, I don't really feel like talking about this too long, but I just saw this headline from GamesBeat, and it's Brianna Wu speaks up about death threats and personal cost of opposing hashtag Gamergate. Oh, boy. I don't want to get into the topic at all, but I do want to calculate exactly what the personal cost of opposing hashtag Gamergate was. Uh, let me pull up her Patreon. <laughs> it cost her exactly negative $3,188 a month. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said that about that. poor woman. Um, the personal cost. Yeah. I looked up that guy who made her death threat video where everyone's saying that he was on their, on his Chase way to, to murder. Yeah. That, uh, you got to watch his other videos. I wouldn't he's be a I, champion. I, I, there are people who are taking that video seriously, which is even better. Like I, who, the, I, who the fuck challenges a stranger to a street race for hashtag Gamergate and who accuses that? them of sabotaging a car and who sees that and says oh my god he was gonna kill her like he was gonna he was <laughs> on his way to murder her obviously I I don't oh, know man. that guy's still going strong though I mean he is making legitimate he's, like, he's been going strong for years he's making he's, he's unstoppable making, like what he is doing is illegal even though very obviously not true like he's obviously not planning to kill her but the things that he's saying are technically threats that he could probably get arrested for. So I don't know. I hope not. He's too funny. To be <laughs> I don't, I didn't find him that funny. Webcam. I just find the fact that people are taking him seriously funny. Have you um, seen a lot of his videos? No, I haven't. I just saw, that's like, why you don't I find him. Browse through a couple of them. It's I don't like, know. The more you immerse yourself, the more you immerse yourself in it, that's what like makes it funny. Like none of the things he does individually are really all that entertaining. But when you have this, 
like this freak for years and years, like ranting about how he's a future marine cyborg warrior with, you know, elite sniper and like future Navy SEAL, like talking about his future experience, like it's his past experience. <laughs> like he recalls memories of things that have, haven't oh, happened and people, yet. And people see him doing that, and they say like, "Oh, this is a uh, this is a legitimate <laughs> crazy person who's going to kill people." I... Whatever. Fuck well, it. Somebody says that the camera froze. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't I, really matter. But. It doesn't. We've got the audio version, and I think probably what's going on... I don't know. I don't know if the recorded version will freeze or not, but... Um, oh, well. I, I, I here's mean, what I'll they do. See, I'll, they don't I'll seem to be complaining broadcast. about the way we're talking. I'll stop the broadcast, and I will restart it. How about that? Um, But in the meantime, our audio version's still going. Um, Is there any other news that you can think of? Nothing major. Oh, I thought that I could just restart it, but maybe I can't. Maybe this will just be an audio version now. Uh-oh. <laughs> it just doesn't give me an option to uh, to restart the broadcast. Okay. That sucks. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah, worse things have happened. Um, well, damn, now we can't get questions from the chat unless I just say in the chat, gas questions! Hold on, I'm seeing you moving now. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm I'm just asking the the chat if they'll have questions, but um, let's see. Is there anything else? Anything else? Hmm. Hmm. This is going to be such a good audio podcast. Let's, let's okay. Here's what we can do while we look for um, bits and news. We can take this opportunity to thank Jim Sterling for all the good work he does. Thank you, thanks, Jim. Sterling. Thank uh, you, Jim. We really appreciate what you've done for gamers and YouTubers. Looking out for the common man. So I saw. A Total Biscuit tweeted something, and uh, it was like a, a magazine or something that that called Star Citizen Scam Citizen. Like a major magazine? Like a mainstream kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, let me yeah. look it up. Scam I was telling my coworkers about that who have no idea, like, I don't know anything about Kickstarter or video games. They were blown away. I was like, yeah, it's at like $72 million right now, and people are paying thousands of dollars for some ships. And they were like, What? They were just obviously any sane person that should be their reaction to this. I, I cannot believe that that. I can't believe that that's still. God damn. I mean, there is like what a dogfighting module, and I guess the first person mo- per- shooter module that I don't think is actually public yet, but I'm not sure. I mean, Jesus. So I, th- I'm trying to find the name of the uh, the publication, PC Power Play, I think it is. Anyway, they said that it was a joke. They wound up apologizing for it. Yeah, wow. it was PC Powerplay. Um, yeah, they even went to the the subreddit on Reddit just for Star Citizen and apologized. Um, they said it was a joke, but it didn't come across that way in print, and that they apologize again. That's I, I don't know. I mean, clearly it's I don't know if it's libel or slander specifically. No. I think it's libel. I well, uh, slander is is has to be verbal. By definition, but and libel yeah, has, libel I'm has pretty to sure it's actually false. Well, uh, eh, I mean, it's it kind of it's fishy. It's weird. It's probably not going to be very good. But to call it a scam already, yeah, is kind of entering dangerous territory. It's, I mean, that's it's it's 
touchy, but I don't think it's legally. I, I you can you can claim that something is a scam even if it like cuz there's no there's no like legal definition of scam, you know? If you called it like if you had like a very specific like if you were if you were going through and you were saying like this is exactly what they're doing that makes this a scam and 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 like that they're taking people's money and you're just lying about it, like you're just making it up, then that's liable, but I don't think it's liable if you're just saying like this thing seems like a scam. Like that's, I mean, that's just basically your opinion, your your take on it. I, I don't think that that's legally a problem. Well, do you have Do you have the chat still up? Yeah. Okay. Tell them to go to my hitbox. We can use that as like an emergency venue. Okay. It's it's running right now. What is it? Hitbox slash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a. That seems like almost an an internal joke that they were kind of joking amongst themselves, like, "Hey, look, it's scam citizen. We'll replace it later." <laughs> and for, uh, forgot to almost. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't Maybe. have actually thought that that was okay to print. Uh, I don't know. You, I mean, obviously. Then again, I haven't it. heard of the magazine, so maybe they're not. I can't bring up. Credible. I can't or, bring up hitbox.com slash. No, it's hitbox.tv, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder. It's the overflow room. Yeah, Alaris is in. He'll probably ask a question. He usually does. Um, let's see. I do want to talk a little bit more about Darkest Dungeon, I think. The narration I didn't mention before, and it's really, really good. It's almost like a Bastion good. Like, it's clearly darker than that. It's not meant to be, yeah. you know, the whimsical storytelling voice. But um, it, it has this very ominous, and, and not just deep and bassy, though it is that. It's it's more intimidating than even in Darth Vader. It has this weird rhythm to it, and like a, a meter that's not quite natural. It's a really impressive voiceover job. Hmm. I didn't. I, I. I didn't. That didn't strike me as the kind of game. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but that didn't strike me as the kind of game that would have a voiceover. Like, does it have like a main storyline? Well, it's not like super story driven. Like the basic premise is that this old family, of which you're a descendant of, the patriarch of the manor, kind of dug beneath the earth and and found something that he wished he hadn't. Like it took basically getting miles below the earth. And finding these ruins of these kind of ancient horrors that drives people to madness just to look at it. It was really cool. But it, the, the most impressive thing about the voice is, well, before that, the way it actually functions is it'll just kind of punctuate things in combat, like destroyed or or um, you feel the weight of whatever. It's better than what I could improv. like, But... It's it's really cool. It's really well done. It reminds me of the Bastion and Transistor voiceovers, but clearly different in tone. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing that that game is. Is it fun? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> it it is fun, and it gets really stressful. It's meant to be kind of played, and it has permadeath, and it's meant to be played in sort of one Iron Man kind of run. You're not meant to. In fact, you can't just save scum. There's no quick save or even individual saves. Everything kind of auto-saves and just works that way. But, yeah, I did have one bit of trouble at the first level. You were meant to click an icon to exit the level once you were done. But 
it, I thought that it meant me to click on the text and it wasn't quite working. So I was just stuck in the first level, getting more and more insane just by kind of being around and not knowing how to stop it. <laughs> so I got out of that first level and my people were basically on the brink of psychological collapse, even though they'd only done the tutorial. So I decided to uh, restart because it was early enough. This but. is one of my gaming like sins, I guess, um, or guilty. Like I feel guilty about this. Um, when I first, have you ever played, um, uh, fuck, what is that? That strategy game where you're fighting aliens and, and, XCOM? Yeah, XCOM. Have you ever played that? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I bought that, and I played it, and I was playing the mode where you can't, like, go revert to a save. Like, if something happens, it's permanent. Um, because that seemed like the hardcore way to play the game. Um, I... Like, my favorite person in the game died, and I never played it again. <laughs> like, I got, like, I got, like, several hours into it, and I had this, like, really badass, like, sergeant or whatever, and, and she was, like, fucking everything up, and she was, like, really valuable, and then she died, like, from a really unfortunate thing, like, that, that didn't feel fair, and I was just like, fuck this game, and I just never played it again, and I feel really guilty about that, because it's such a cool, like, I really like the concept of, like, getting attached to your kind of, like, people, and, and like, when they die, die they're just completely gone, and, like, I like games that do that, I like that I, the idea of games that do that, but but when it actually happens, I feel so shitty about it that I don't want to play the game anymore. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say that, hmm, it's not, like, deleting a Pokemon or something as far as <laughs> heartbreaking goes, you know, a real human tragedy like that. But yeah, you definitely feel it when you're when your characters die forever without a way to undo it. But lots of games are kinda of going for that lately. The the permadeath, the um you know, a big emphasis on your choices have permanent consequences, not just temporary or quest related consequences. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, Alarestus uh, mentioned something that I forgot to mention. I, th- this happened today, I believe. Um, have you heard about the sequel to Asteroids? I haven't. <laughs> There's going to be a sequel to Asteroids. Uh, How? <laughs> here is here is their self-described uh, concept of the game. It's going to be called Outpost. Uh, an Outpost, or that's, maybe that's just the... Uh, development name of it but i don't know in outpost you play first of all they should call it asteroids 2 like obviously you should call it that because that's awesome but anyway in outpost you play as a deep space miner struggling for survival in an asteroid belt atari described oh yeah atari games i guess they're still doing i guess did atari make the first ones the first asteroid i guess Um, they did i think they did i couldn't tell you i thought it was an arcade game it, but it, either became an ar- it either became an arcade game, but I think it was on the Atari system. But anyway, uh, they describe Outpost yeah, as an open, an open world game with sandbox and survival elements. Wow. I'm kind of <laughs> looking at it right now, and it's already got the perfect storm of shit that makes me not want to play it. <laughs> early access. It's going to be mm-hmm. early access, yep. open world, sandbox style, survival experience, mine, build, defend, base. Go from rocks to riches. Oh my god! Yeah, I. That's funny. I don't know. I, I. It's not like it's not like you're gonna ruin asteroids or anything. It's like not. Yeah, but, there's nothing to ruin. Yeah. It's just it's, it was but a really who cares? simple game that people enjoyed. But um, I guess it. 
I don't know. It's interesting. I, I do, I do find the concept of, of making, of, of taking a really, really old, simple game and, and just turning it into like a completely modern game that, that has all of the cliches of, that modern games have, even if those cliches are bad. I find it yeah. kind of interesting. I, uh, I think that I, 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 I don't think it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> or it's I at least, it will either. Yeah. But it, it is interesting. <laughs> I can't believe that an open world game with sandbox elements. I mean, so was the original. <laughs> was it though? No, I not mean, really. Yeah, I guess you gotta you go, survive. Like, you can like you're cross. not supposed to die. So I yeah, guess that's survival. You, it's a survival game, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. That'll be interesting. Are you sad that Radio Shack closed? I didn't even know it did. <laughs> uh, Radio Shack went. Uh, they, they finally, I think they pronounced. Uh, bankruptcy and they've closed like thousands of stores they they were trying to like revamp every one of their stores the shack basically all about smartphones and oh, it's right. just yeah. too little too late yeah yeah because they first they, the, the first rebranding that they tried was the shack and that was also too, way too late and also really lame like obviously a bad idea um and then they and then they backpedaled away from that and went back to radio shack but the yeah. coolest thing about them was the, um, like, I, I would never had that big of an interest in, like, um, you know, electronics, specifically with, you know, circuits and diodes and all that stuff. Like, I never got into making that, but uh, I remember when I was a kid, my dad had an electric guitar, and um, he wanted, he saw me playing Guitar Hero as a kid with the, the Buckethead song, and um, he wanted to make a kill switch for his electric guitar. So he went to Radio Shack and got just a real simple switch and some other electrical doodads from the drawers that they have. And they made a switch that would just kill the signal by when you tap this button that was installed on the front of it. It's really cool. And that was really the only place that was like a national chain where you could get the, those kinds of, of you know, com- I don't know what you would call them. Just electronics. Yeah. I, I it, it wasn't that long ago that they were they were doing that rebranding thing where they had like ads for their store and they're like, Look, it's not the seventies anymore. We're we're modern. Look at us. That was so obviously desperate. It it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that, that they're closing down. Uh they're selling I think the majority of their stores to Sprint though, so they're probably actually making a pretty good deal with it. Um, I don't know how much money they've Ooh. actually lost, but yeah, they're, a lot of their, their they've, they've made some kind of deal with Sprint, so good for them. But this is a big deal. Um, something called Big Sorry. I so it's this. some League of Legends esports thing, which of course none of us play League of Legends, but uh, Meet Your Makers, I think that's a team, has fired the manager who threatened a player with taking his mother's house in what has become known as the hashtag Big Sorry fiasco. Blah blah blah. Um, this player decided to leave his team in part due to unpaid payments during his time at Super Hot Crew Meet Your Makers manager Sebastian blah 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 threatened the player to try to keep him on the team. Wow. Hmm. And uh, Rotterdam, the player, I think. No, is it the player? No, Rotterdam's the manager. 
Okay, a report by the Daily Dot containing the phone call in which Rotterdam bullied the player included what's quickly become an iconic response from Rotterdam. Big sorry. That's how the manager ended his statement on the whole affair, spawning an instant meme around an incident that shocked the community. Yeah, I mean, to threaten, like, taking the mother's house, that's low. That's so low. <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. It's like, isn't that the plot to, uh, isn't that the plot to, uh, Fuck. I mean, at least this happy, guy's fucking. Gilmore. At least this guy's fucking buried now. He's this fired. This is Nobody's ever gonna hire him again. It's literally the plot to Happy Gilmore with golf replaced by video games. Yeah, <laughs> except this guy isn't apparently that good. <laughs> He's unable to meet his dues to the team or whatever. But yeah, wow. I can't. I didn't. That's just so bad. It's an evil thing to do. It's just literally evil. <laughs> Yeah, esports news. What, what there's also been some kind of esports drama lately with like some team getting banned or a group of teams being banned from an upcoming CS:GO tournament, I believe. Probably I related power. to the thing that you mentioned. Swag got banned. I buy power. It was the match fixing thing we talked right. about a while ago. Unless there's a new thing that happened, which would be I don't think there's a new thing. But... I think this was just a result of that. Um, yeah, that's fucked up. I. <sighs> Big sorry. I, I want people. That's I want. People, I want. I want someone to get caught cheating. I want that to happen. I think that'd be funny and interesting. I don't care. Yeah, about I was watching a um fucking a video fixing. by a guy named Thorin, who he's like an announcer kind of guy or analyst for CS:GO and some other esports. But um, he was he made a good point, which is that for like a regular vac banning case, um. You know, you're not supposed to know that kind of thing because it would give away details about how the algorithm works and what cheats they've detected and haven't detected yet. But for super high-profile cases like this, it it seems like at least knowing something would be important. Like, did this person cheat in like a a community server on an off game, or did they cheat in a, a competition setting? Like, those are important questions that don't get answered because of how closely yeah. valve plays things to the chest. I, well, even I, I, I feel like they should at least, um, I, I play CSGO with, with someone like I play, I play with a, a pretty consistent group of people. And, um, one of them has a vac ban on their record because they fucking cheated in modern warfare two. <laughs> nice. Like they were clearly just fucking around. And so like every time we play and we're actually doing well, someone will be like, and someone will get in the chat and be like, one vac ban on record. And it's like proof that he's cheating, which is kind of funny, but it's also just like, God damn it. Like, yeah, it doesn't say that it was in a completely separate game that doesn't, that nobody cares about, but whatever. I, I guess, I guess people would still say that you're a cheater anyway. Um, it, it is pretty fun though, being accused of cheating in, in, in CSGO. I, That's how I you really know you're doing that. well. Yeah. Yep, I really like that. Um, I just it, agree. Every I, time. I, 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 there was um, there was this guy who accused uh, like we th- we threw a bunch of grenades like down banana or something like that and got a couple kills with him because of course you did like in Italy like yeah. or in is it it's Inferno, um obviously you're gonna get a kill when you do that because like someone always stacks there, they were like how the fuck did you know we were there <laughs> it's like what the how these people I mean I'm I'm like a I am what is the first gold AK level, whatever that is, um, which you would anymore. think you'd think people would like be experienced enough to know that like 
there are places where you're going to know people are, there's a good chance people are going to be there and like might throw grenades there or shoot you through a wall, but they still think you're hacking when you do it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, (laughs) I love getting issues of cheating, but, uh, this, this was a pretty strange piece of news that we didn't talk about. And LRS has pointed out. Thank you. Netflix is producing a Legend of Zelda series. Jesus, I heard something about that, but I didn't read about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there are many details for it. We don't really know what it's going to be like. I'm surprised that Nintendo. All we know is that it's happening, basically. I'm kind of. We know that. Sorry, you go ahead. I'm shocked that Nintendo is allowing that to happen. Yeah, like, every one of their adaptations failed, and they basically gave up in the 90s. Like, it's really strange that they'd be doing something like this yeah. now. Yeah. Especially for Zelda. You want to like, protect that franchise as much as you can, too. And so, if, like, if, if it comes out with the show that's, like, this big embarrassment for it, that's going to lower the value of their games that they put out. Like, people are going to be yeah. less interested. And, like... Just with how there, close there was that series. There was that series with the "Excuse Me, Princess," and yeah, then there yeah. was the uh, the CDI games. There's yeah. never been a good Zelda adaptation, and part of it's because you know Link is a classically silent protagonist. He doesn't talk, and every attempt to make him talk is terrible. And, and Zelda stories. That's why they. That's why they always speak in the babble gibberish kind of simish. Babble, babble, babble yeah. in the games is because you don't want to put a, a voice to that. So what I think might happen, which is going to be horrible, is if they do it kind of the way that they do Gotham. Have you seen Gotham? No. Where you focus on the characters that nobody gives a fuck about. Oh right, right, right. Like Jim Gordon is the only interesting character, and but even I then, would... he's still Jim Gordon, and the rest of the people around him are just completely forgettable. I hope. I think. I, not I hope this is going to be bad. It might be like this is the story of this peasant in the Legend of Zelda world. They can't and, do that with Zelda though, because the, like there, literally nobody matters in Zelda except the main characters. Like nobody matters. Yeah, but I I, I don't know what it'll, what's going to be worse. I don't think they're just going to tell a, a, a Link Save Zelda story from Ganon. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, is that the plot of Zelda games is not good. It's not interesting. It's very fairy tale. It's very simple, intentionally that way. And, yeah. and the, the things that give those games character is like the world it's meant to be and out the, of the, the way. art style and stuff. Like it's just They're just fun, simple games. You can't make a plot out, like an interesting... like. A TV show requires requires an interesting plot, like in a way that Zelda games don't. I, I yeah. it's a terrible idea. Everyone everyone knows that's a bad idea. I, Maybe they'll surprise us. I mean, how Nintendo? Ninten- well, what you observed is a good point. Like, why the hell would they do this when they have so much going for them right now? It seems like a really really strange decision. So it could be that they they really did catch lightning in a bottle and they feel like they have something solid that will be good. I don't know. They, they've made enough good decisions lately that I don't think they would take a big dump on it like this, especially with Zelda U coming out. That they, they've got their they've got their shit together for the most part. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay 
as optimistic as you can be, which That's is still on the net, which is still on the net, very pessimistic. It's probably <laughs> going to be horrible, but I'm going to hold on to the faintest sliver of hope that they might know what they're doing. Like Nintendo still strikes me as a company that not necessarily, it's not that they get lucky. It's they're good at what they do, which is make games. We, we said this last time, they're good at what they do. They, they, they're good at making games, but they're totally out of touch with who their audience is. Yeah. What they need to do, like it, it's all out of touch. It's all crazy, but they're so their games are so good, and they get lucky with some of their like design choices. Like I think the Wii was largely luck. I don't think that it, it was. I can't just attribute it solely to genius. Like they got lucky that that took off as well as it did. I mean, they they created a good product. Don't get me wrong, but Jesus. Um, I just feel like they don't know what they're doing and that they're just kind of stumbling through it all, but they're really talented. <laughs> I mean, like I kind of get the same impression from the WWE sometimes, except maybe the other, well, not the other way around, but like that's, that's a company that everyone says is out of touch, especially like Vince McMahon, the head of the company. They say it's like, he's out of touch and, 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 mm-hmm. but they keep like their, their, their subscribers are rising. Their stock prices is rising, at least in the very recent, uh, the past few weeks. Um, it, people keep watching it. People are still interested in it. People like me are becoming interested in it. Uh, and it's it's like they're it's like they're getting lucky occasionally. It's like they have a few talented people, and sometimes that talent shines through. But most of the time, it's just shit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, most of the time, it, only most of the time when they try to do things other than games. Most of the times with their games, they're completely on point. I I struggle I struggle to imagine this actually becoming a thing that exists. I I feel like yeah, it's going to get. It, it feels very strange, but I feel like to it's get, get to get this point, I don't know. I mean, Netflix has produced so much so quickly, like a lot of original series in just the last year or two. That I I don't know. For it to get to the stage that we would hear about it, I don't think it's going to disappear. And that might not be for the best. Was it announced or leaked? I don't know. It doesn't say leaked in this article. I would say if it it was leaked, if it was leaked, I would say there's a very, very low chance of it ever happening. Zelda, Netflix. Let's take a look. Hmm. But Netflix I, is reportedly making I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's still in the rumor stages, I think. And I, I, I just I don't think it's gonna happen. I can't imagine a, being in a world where in oh, 2015, Wall Street Journal reported it. Fuck. <laughs> I I I don't know. I didn't think that the someone pointed out Halo. I, I didn't think that any of that Halo spinoff shit would happen and some of it did, so Oh oh, here we go. Here we go. This is a. Uh, this is more specific information. I'm glad that I found this. And, oh, God. The video streaming service is in the early stages of developing a live-action series based on Zelda about an ordinary boy named Link who must rescue a princess named Zelda and save a fantasy world called Hyrule, said a person familiar with the matter. As it seeks writers to work on the show, Netflix is describing it as Game of Thrones for a family audience. What the fuck? Ooh, baby! That can't. That can't be real. That's gonna be terrible. Believe that, it. 
It's not going to come out. That's just not going to... I... Well, we can only hope. Wow. Game of Thrones for a family audience. I I don't know what I was thinking it would be, but it certainly not wasn't that, that bad. <laughs> yeah. God damn. That's I don't crazy. even know what to think about that. That Game of Thrones... How, does, how would that even work? You can't have a Game of Thrones for a family audience. No, the whole like part of the, the whole appeal of Game of Thrones is that it's brutal and uh, whatever, whatever. It's it's stupid to even think about. It. I I still don't think it's going to happen. I think this is this is still rumor mill shit. This is like someone close to the thing. Like that's it's not no, going to happen. Netflix is describing it as Game of Thrones for a family audience. That's the from the horse's mouth. They're trying to compete with HBO. God damn, that's stupid. I. I I mean, it would totally make sense for them to have a, some kind of competition against Game of Thrones. But it doesn't uh, make Game any sense that it's Zelda. To, yeah, why Zelda? I guess they didn't want to just be like those other generic shows, like Vikings or whatever. But Zelda. Yeah, you couldn't have done worse. Or they could <laughs> have done worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally, wow. I struggle to think of... I, maybe a live-action Mario series would be worse. No, well, that one could be has the potential to be funny. You <laughs> could right. do that. Right. You could At do that, that could legitimately funny. funny. You God could not damn. do Zelda legitimately anything. It couldn't legitimately be immersive or dramatic. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what Jesus. Is this, what is this world we're living in? Family friendly Game of Thrones. God damn. Uh, I like how we've just been. <laughs> it's so speechless about this like the last two minutes. Is... Yeah, I thought that they was done. I thought they weren't going to ever do anything new like this. That the age of adapting video games into, or at least Nintendo doing it, it was over in like the early nineties. But is this like twenty years since they've done something like this? At I least. mean, probably. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well. That's all I've got to say about that. Do we have anything else on the docket? Somebody asked about a relationship. Oh, yeah. Somebody well, we're said, doing really well. Uh, we're thinking about moving in together pretty soon. And uh, Yeah, the question was, starting a hey, family. Brutal, how do you and Skippy get along? It seems you guys are so different when it comes to your video games. I, th- I think, yeah, our taste in video games, I think, is pretty different. Um, yeah. But I think that we understand each other's tastes. Like it's not like we're. Like, it's not you don't like games that I hate and vice versa. I don't think that that's right. really. But yeah, I, our taste in things generally. Like I, I don't know. Like I guess we tend to like the same movies and shows, maybe. But like I don't think I couldn't imagine you ever watching wrestling. <laughs> Although I couldn't <laughs> imagine myself ever watching it either. So <laughs> yeah, that's not on my my uh, list to start. Yeah. Yet. Well, you're missing as far out. As- as far as how the actual interaction goes, we usually don't talk that much during the week. Like, yeah, we started talking kind much of less. <laughs> yeah, because it, it does help to kind of come into it not quite blind because we have a Google Doc that we add to. But if we're talking about these things for the first time, it winds up being a more you know genuine discussion that that has a lot of substance to it. Like, it's not like we're trying to rehash or summarize in a way that people can still get if they're not in on it. If we're talking for the first time about these things, then it's just going to, you know, organically be viewable, which is what we're going for. Yeah. Yeah, like whenever we start talking about something, I kind of start thinking like, okay, maybe we should just 
save it for the podcast. Yeah, that's that's been a because like sometimes I can't resist. I have to send you a link or something like that, Mm -hmm. and then it's like no, no, no. This is too good. Um. Hey, Brutal, what's your typical diet? It starts with your mom's puss. Oh! And I fuck her. Oh! Uh, something about... Elrosta said something about the devs of Tropico. I don't care about Tropico, so... Me neither. I saw some pictures. It had a Stalin-looking guy. Fidel Castro-looking guy, I think. I, I also don't was care about... Was it Castro-looking? Uh, yeah, he was just typical, like, South American dictator. Um, the, uh... I don't care about Spider-Man and the Avengers universe either. Yeah, I mean, that well, that I guess is sort of more of a corporate big deal than a creative big deal. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, because for a while, I forget how it technically worked. I think it was Sony Pictures had Spider-Man, or it, it was at least like a different company had the rights to do the Spider-Man stuff that wasn't the company doing. The, the, you know, Avengers, Iron Man, Hulk, Marvel stuff. But I guess they're under the same corporate umbrella now, which does mean a lot for the business. And they're probably in better creative hands. We might see another Spider-Man reboot. Great. Wait, isn't it but, already you know, confirmed that there's another Spider-Man reboot? Is there? I think there uh, is. This is worth knowing. I think, I think Batman and Spider-Man have been confirmed as, like, more movies are coming out that are new... Like, not sequels. Wow. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. It was just rebooted, like, two years yeah. ago. Yeah, it was. Um, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> superhero movies. But, okay, at least it's... Yeah, I'm tired of them. Fuck superhero movies. I'm sick of it. It is so boring. Like, if they tried harder to make it interesting i don't know it's just so oversaturated like there's interesting things happening like in those movies sometimes but there's so many of them so quickly and they all it's have a very, so much in very common. tired genre it's so tired like i i enjoyed like i watched the latest x film movie recently and i was like okay there's some fun stuff in here but like i can't get ex- how, how do people get excited for superhero movies anymore like they're they're coming out so quickly and ah oh, jesus I don't even know when, um... Okay, LRS, this fine. I don't use any product in my hair, you fucking puss. Anyway. Something about Spider-Man superhero movies. Fucking God, I lost my true thought. Oh, yeah, Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Superman. Uh, oh yeah! I don't even know when it's supposed to come out, and I'm really I don't care. Even though who? Yeah, who gives a shit? Superman's yeah, boring. Even, Superman's always been if boring. that had come out, if Batman vs Superman came out in 2012, that would have been a huge deal. But before the superhero, I mean, before the uh, Superman movie came out, which was not a good movie. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, I'm just wondering when, like, public taste will also start to get tired of it. Like, when are we going to see the the box office receipts start to drop? Unless that's already happened. I, I don't, don't think it is. I don't follow that market. In fact, I think that I think that all projections point towards this next Avengers movie doing better than the last one. Um, that, yeah, that's true. Avengers two is probably going to be. People are really hyped bigger, for that shit. I, bigger, better. Like I think, I think they just found the perfect like timing with like. There's, you know, it's this really typical like, 
Big Bang Theory loving people who are identify themselves as geeks, but the only things that they like as geeks are really common things that a lot of people like. It's just that they have something to do with what used to be geek culture, like comic books, except they're not reading comic books. They're watching movies that are based on comic books and, and they're not, they're not playing video games. They're watching a show where people play video games. I'm going to be honest. Like I watch more of these movies than I read the comic books. Oh, I've never read a comic book in my life. I have no, yeah, but I'm not going around claiming to be the geek cred comic book fan. Now you have people who saw like two of these movies read some comic book information on Wikipedia, and all of a sudden they're a fan of the Marvel Universe. Um, And that shit's always been boring to me, too. I don't... I've never really understood the appeal. I mean, I've understood the appeal of it. Um, But I... I can't ever see myself getting into, like, these superhero stories and stuff. Like, it just isn't interesting to me. It's just... Yeah. (sighs) I like a little self-contained package. I don't want to read through issues and issues and issues. Yeah. Somebody asked, what's your favorite slash least favorite ending to a game? I don't think we've talked about that before. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, um, I'll tell you the first thing that comes to I mean, mind it's is... It's tough because we're getting into spoiler territory. Yeah. So at this point, we'll we'll say the game first, and then if you don't want to hear the yeah. spoiler, then you know just turn your ears off. Um, I... I the first thing that came to mind, but actually I wasn't disappointed by this ending at all, is Halo 2. Um, because everyone was Sir, freaking out about that. Finishing, finishing this, this fight. fight. Uh, Cut to black. I, when, I, when that first happened, I, was, I remember being very, very slightly disappointed that it ended. But, like, I didn't... I don't remember like I don't I didn't like the Halo 2 campaign very much the first time I played it and then I played it again like a few years later and actually really enjoyed it but I, I the ending didn't never stood out it's like the worst part of it to me at all like I just didn't have that much fun in the last half of that game for some reason um but yeah that that didn't that, that ending didn't bother me I I struggled to think of a oh I actually 100% I could say with 100% confidence no 50% confidence because it's two games, but they're very, very similar games. Their ending is... Okay, just Oblivion and Fallout 3. Those two games have the lamest, most boring, underwhelming, badly made, <laughs> just in general, endings. Like, badly written, badly acted, badly... They don't like. God damn! Yeah. I just, I don't think Bethesda's good at making games. I've said it a lot in the past, and I'll keep saying it because, god damn, are those endings bad? But the the Fallout Three one, the the one that makes the thing that makes that one notorious is that if you kept a cam, if if you were with a companion at the ending of that game, a certain companion, he's immune to radiation poisoning, and the ending of that game is that you have to enter a chamber full of radiation and basically like sacrifice yourself. For the good of whatever, but but that guy that that can just walk in there and be fine, he's right there. But you talk to him to get him to do it, and he says, "No, this is your fate," and that's that's it. So you have to go kill yourself. Nice, I, it, terrible. And then the Oblivion ending was just so stupid. I just hated it. I hated the whole Oblivion story. I thought it was awful. It was pretty bad. Martin Septim, one of the most boring characters. Ever boring created. as hell. They spend all this money on a voice actor for a character that just sucks, and then yep. 
and then the ending is like uh, this really awkward slow they do a lot of that fight they had a really really good actor for um i don't know who it was actually they had um well in oblivion they also had uh, uh about what's his Ed name Burn patrick right stewart oh patrick stewart? i don't remember who the actor what did patrick Skyrim stewart do in oblivion he was he, oh he was the uh the uriel septum yeah yeah Clunch shut the jaws of oblivion. He was good, yeah, but then he good. died. Yeah, that makes sense. As a kid playing that game, I I wondered like, that's a pretty interesting character. He sounds kind of cool. Why is he dead so quickly? <laughs> and yeah, it's if it's Patrick Stewart, they can't afford to keep him around. It yeah, record thousands of lines of dialogue. But um, so uh, Esburn in Skyrim, I remember had a really good voice. Like a gravelly, it was really cool, but the character itself was horribly boring. Did you have another game that was like your best ending? Best ending? Uh, who I might. Oh, I would. I would probably say this is probably a. This would probably be a common answer to this this question. I mean, yeah, this question. But uh, I really liked the ending too. Um, fuck. Now I can't remember the name of it. An indie game where it's like puzzles and you time travel, and someone in the chat will say it right away. Uh, uh, it had a hell of an ending. God damn, what was it called? Why can't I remember? I, I, keep, I keep wanting to say Bastion, but it isn't. It isn't at all Bastion. Transistor. Uh, no, it's not trans. No, it's a um, which also had a great ending. Yeah. Um. Fuck. I never finished Bastion, by the way. I, I don't know. Do you have an answer? Well, I want someone I do. fucking tells me to. Yeah, so um, I really as I'm gonna do the canon a canon ending answer first. My favorite like actual real ending was Fallout One. Um, it, specifically, if you choose to convince the master to kill himself, something about passing a speech check on the final boss is just really interesting to me, and um, I, I thought it was done really well, and. The, the final fate of your character, you don't just get to return to your quiet life back in the vault, that you're kind of part of the waste at that point, and you they don't want you coming back to corrupt them. So I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. Fantastic ending. Um, um, worst ending, Mass Effect 3. You you played it? I didn't know that you yeah, were... Yeah, I, I played every Mass Effect game. Oh, okay. And I loved Mass Effect 1. I liked Mass Effect 2. They were both legitimately good. Like really good, actually. Um, the Reapers as a concept are so cool. Yeah, I've always like, thought. You, I've always thought the Mass Effect world the sounded one? cool, but the fact that it's Bioware just has always turned me away. Well, I mean, Mass Effect One when that came out, Bioware was still yeah, golden. yeah. And like, if you're not familiar, people in the chat, the Reapers are this awesome concept. They they kind of in Mass Effect, there's travel within the galaxy but nobody's traveled outside of it the technology is not there yet so you have faster than light travel within the galaxy but outside of it is still unexplored and in that dark space that's most of the universe in that space that spans between galaxy there's an innumerable number of these basically eldritch machines like lovecraftian horrors that are like you know, kind of synthetic creatures that are 
kind of electronic and also kind of organic and can commune with organic life and synthetic life and cause these strange psychological effects and they kind of have puppeted all of existence to just build up to the moment where they exterminate all intelligent life and they go through these cyclical sweeps through the galaxy and whenever they reach a certain technological point they get culled it's so interesting yeah amazingly interesting and you have this conversation at toward the end of mass effect one that is honestly incredible that i don't, I don't want to spoil it everyone should at least watch that conversation on youtube um if you don't play the first one you can still appreciate it if you don't but it it's it was this amazing moment of Shepard, a human being, trying to talk to this this reaper, this thing, and its motivations and psychology are so cosmically beyond what a human being is capable of understanding, and the way that it treats, uh, the way that this character treats you is incredibly condescending, like, you know, the vermin will never understand, or whatever, whatever he chooses to phrase it, but it's so believable in the moment. Like, you actually believe that this horror has unfathomably complex motivations that you couldn't even begin to wrap your head around. Like, an evil god you're dealing with that's clearly above you. It's so cool. It's honestly amazing. So, yeah. They fucked it all up in Mass Effect 3, though. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. We all Everybody know how, knows that, though. We all know how that happened. Um, the, uh... Fuck, what was it? Gonna... Oh, yeah. The, uh, the game... That, that had a really good ending. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. Because um, I just don't think anyone will play it if you haven't played it already. And I don't. I wouldn't recommend the game itself. I mean, it's fun, but it's not great. It's just kind of interesting. Uh, Braid. Do you ever heard of Braid? Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a neat game. Like, the, the idea of, like, basically it's like a normal platformer game where you're, like, jumping across platforms and stuff, but then you can rewind time. But when you rewind time, some of the objects in the game don't aren't affected by that rewind. So like yeah. some of the puzzles get really complicated, like it really twists your mind around. And uh, basically, the concept of that game was that you're, you're God damn, I'm trying to remember. It's been years since I played it, and I, I just remember being blown away by the ending. But now that I've started to explain it, I don't know if I can remember it, or at least not remember it accurately, or maybe even remember why it was so great. But uh, the concept of the game is like your typical like save the princess game. And uh, and so it's 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 like Mario, you know, you're just kind of going through these these levels, and and it it slowly kind of reveals this very simple save the princess kind of story. You do at the end, you get to the uh, you get to the princess, and oh, god damn, like uh, damn, I, I know what you're talking about. I can describe it. I think basically you you wind up trying to save the princess. From this evil-looking burly knight at the very end. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's it looks like it looks like yeah, it looks like she's being kidnapped by this guy. Yeah. But what happens when you rewind the time, or what you think is rewinding it? The the geography of that situation, the the way that you move through this area. Basically, what you were doing is opening up like passages and doors and traps so that you could get to them and save her. But when played out in reverse, you're actually like trying to, s- right. to trap them, and they're trying to escape you. 
That was so cool. Like some people, I remember reading about that, and, and some people apparently like found that predictable. But that that like totally took me by surprise. I was like, holy shit! Like it was really cool. Yeah. Like because suddenly you like start looking back on on all the shit, and you say like, oh my god! In reverse, I'm like this creepy like stalker like chasing after this dude, and the knight is like saving her basically. Yeah. Um, it it's it's really neat. It's a very cool little. I I I love 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 anyone who who's heard me talk about games like knows that I love games that implement the gameplay into the story and like make those kind of interchangeable like that that, that those actually affect each other and that's why I love like um uh goddamn why can't I remember the name of any fucking games um the papers please uh that yeah. game is like the epitome of of gameplay and story being intertwined but this one also like the core concept of the gameplay becomes a core element of the plot, which is although simple, it's very, it's very neat and 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 well done. And I did want to say my favorite overall ending. The reason I clarified my favorite canon ending is because I have an ending I like more. If you're if you want to save the Easter egg endings of Chrono Trigger for yourself, you might want to take your headphones off. But I don't think it's that big of a deal, and it's been so old. Um, if you face Lavos, the final boss on New Game Plus, you have the opportunity to uh, to just face him immediately at the very start of the game in the very first area. You can just fight him with your New Game Plus equipment, and if you beat him there, you get taken to the the programmer ending. And like every every person who worked on the game has like a, a character that you can walk up and talk to, and they, they say their own cute little line or do some dance, and it's just so cool. That was amazing to see for the first time. I, I wish more games did that, like just fun little endings like that. Yeah, I I I like the fact that games like Far Cry Four are willing to do something like that. Yeah. All right, we are pretty much. Yeah, we're 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 around stopping point, I think. Unless, unless you want to keep this thing going because it's already been such a disaster anyway that we can just keep on talking if you want. I mean, technical disaster, but I think we had some good discussion. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's about all I have. I guess I'll put one la- just because I saw it right now. Uh, Kappa was watching my um, Life is Strange thing and quote. Why does the blue-haired dyke in Life is Strange talk of Zach Hill's old band Hella so much? Thank you, Kappa, for bringing Thanks, Kat. light to all of our lives. Um, yeah, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll stick around after I end it because I'm bored and, and, and we can keep the stream going or something. Whatever. We'll see. Um, but for our audio listeners, uh, this is it. Until next time. End of the line. Goodbye. See ya.